exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome listeners to another episode of A Film Policy. That's right, your two favourite cinephiles are back again, delivering another episode. I'm Mark Latham, I'm joined as usual with my co-host, Mr Mark Pollard. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. I'm still sane, just about, (laughs) or as sane as I have ever been, despite the fact that we are still in pandemic lockdown. My teddy bear and I are having more and more in-depth conversations about life in general. We got pretty deep last night, don't want to get into it too much, but uh, yeah, it's going well. How are you? Tumbleweed and toilet rolls seems to be the the regular thing. That's near my autobiography. Documentary. I'm going to sell the story to Netflix. Tumbleweed and toilet rolls. Still seeing people out, which they shouldn't be. But you know, I've never seen more people out now than they ever needed to be when they should be out. So. And there is an outrageous overuse of spandex going on, people. I appreciate oh, this is a very serious situation, and I guess it's sort of good that people are now making excuses to leave their house to exercise. However, the need to wear 10-year-old spandex that doesn't fit as well as it did when you first bought it from the shop <laughs> is not a justification, so if the police pull you over, they should book you for wearing inappropriate clothing, <laughs> not being out unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah, there's some crimes against my eyes going right on there. I think it's people of buying fruit and then shoving it down their spandex. <laughs> have you ever tried to smuggle? A, have you ever tried to smuggle a pineapple in Sports Direct? <laughs> I think, based on what I've seen of some of the uh, spandex efforts, they're putting the pineapple in the wrong place. <laughs> Yeah, that's why they're doing the speed walking. Oh, it does chafe. (laughs) Yes, I appreciate it is a very serious topic that we are discussing. However, there are plenty of other channels, news channels, probably Facebook seems to be a good place for you to stick all your depressing stuff on there. People need an outlet, a chirpy, happy, positive outlet. And hopefully we're going to do that today, aren't we, mate? I hope so, yeah. I hope the two marks deliver a wonderful episode, which will give you a little bit of lightheartedness and take your mind away from staying indoors. The one thing that I have noticed is a lot of people particularly celebrities are complaining because they can't work and I just think there's all these people on the front line it's like mate and you know you got I've, money I've tried what sleeping about? in every I've tried sleeping in every single one of my 10 bedrooms and uh <laughs> It's, it's just tough. Yeah. I feel your pain, mate. Yeah, exactly. First world problems. Anyway, this is our plan today, so why not introduce what we're trying to achieve today? We're going to do a community service because we're that kind of a person, aren't we, mate? Um, and we are going to come up with a hit list of things that you can watch on the telly box <laughs> to keep yourself entertained, whether it involve forcing the children to watch as well because they're driving you insane or locking them in a room sellotape to a chair because they've been driving you nuts all day and you just need a little bit of you and the other half time we can hopefully give you some stuff that you can watch which will be good so that you don't have to waste your time watching the chaff i have accidentally come across over the last few weeks what have you seen tell you what i did see let me quickly try and find this because it was on amazon prime it was a film called we tend to watch the same stuff so i'll be very interested to see what it was because i think there was a film i saw on amazon which lasted five minutes before i turned it off (laughs) Uh, it was about a commune, a Swedish commune. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> this makes great listening. At this exact moment in time, I can't find it, but I'm going to try and find it during the course of this recording and see whether I can tell people or steer people away because it should be avoided at all costs because it's weird and, quite frankly, a bit shit. We both have good taste, don't we? That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, well, we have that much similarities in taste. We tend to watch the same crap as well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, the missus said, well, don't you want to mention she gave us a list of stuff about other types of stuff, like... like bread, um, milk, butter. The, the, the sewing bee, the pottery throw down. <laughs> and I said, look... <laughs> The kind of people who are probably going to be listening to our show are probably not going to be the kind of people who want to watch that sort of stuff because I don't mind watching it, but we don't generally talk about stuff like that. We talk about less intelligent, yeah. <laughs> less cultured items. I've got it. It's called Midsummer. Spell M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. It's weird, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Danny and Christian, a young couple with a relationship on the brink of falling apart, but after a family tragedy keeps them together, a even Danny invites herself to join Christian and his friends on a trip to a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in disturbing festivities. Wow. That's about as interesting as it gets. Okay. Watch it at your peril, guys. I will stay clear of that. Right, should we crack on then? What we're going to do is we've picked five shows each that we're going to throw in and then at the very end we've got a couple of classic shows that we'll just quickly throw in that should give you at least four weeks worth of solid watching material to binge on there should be no suggestions that you're bored that's for sure isn't there agreed well unfortunately if you're like me and you're an insomniac that probably won't be four weeks worth of tv that might be about two nights (laughs) who wants to go before beauty well in that case then you (laughs) now you know you're lying to the people you can go twice because you're more beautiful and younger than me Right, well, I'll go first, and I'm going to start with a slight curveball here because it's not normally my cup of tea, but I'm going with a comedy. Comedies are a bit hit and miss sometimes. Some are utter rubbish, and because comedy is quite a subjective thing, what people find funny and what they don't find funny depends from person to person. So I've gone with one which I actually think the vast majority of people will find funny because it's not trying to be mega funny. It's just a nice, happy, easy-to-watch fun thing it's called life in pieces it's on amazon prime at the minute i think it's season four at the moment okay. where they're dropping an episode every week but there's about 20 24 episodes in seasons one and two and three if we are on four i can't remember forgive me if we're not and so there's shed loads to go back and watch you work your way through and probably by the time mm. you've worked your way through the existing season will have probably finished at which point you'll have all that to, to chow into it's about a family a grandma granddad their three kids and then the families that those three kids have had. Each episode follows a storyline from the perspective of one of the members of that family and they all sort of loosely tie in with one another. I have to say, it's an extremely amusing and funny, funny show. Have you seen it? You mentioned it to me not so long ago because I said to you that I was top heavy on a lot of biographical stuff and a lot of heavy TV. You do tend to get a lot at the moment, don't you? That's either quite dramatic, semi-biographical or based on... Action, comic books, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite top heavy with that. You suggested Life in Pieces and you are right in terms of the humour aspect because American humour is not all always going to hit the mark with UK viewers. They do humour slightly different, don't they? Do you know what I'd like in this show too? Friends. It's sort of that kind of humour. Whereas some American shows, they talk, it's really word heavy. Mm. I never get it. It's not funny for us as Brits generally. And then you've got this other turd that you find on British television. Like, what's that one on BBC with the fella dressed as an old woman? Oh, Um, uh, Mrs Brown's boys. Oh my (laughs) God. I went round to my mum and dad's house. It must have been at Christmas once 
time and they were going, oh, there's the Christmas special on it. We love it. We love it. Do you love it? Honestly, I made myself sit and watch the Christmas special because I'm thinking I must be missing something. In fairness, me, me, me dad's got some half-decent tasting telly right. show. Oh, I could not wrap my head around that show at all. I know exactly what you're talking about because I walked in whilst my parents were watching it. <laughs> not having sex. <laughs> I, I put dramatic. You'd have rather have had him watching the average. To be sex. fair, I, I would have, it was a toss up between. Well, it wasn't a toss up until that just takes the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just getting really yeah, weird. It was, it was that or going for a smear. And I decided, based on the 35 second glimpse of this show, I couldn't unsee. And at that point, I decided never would I watch that show. Because they're only 20 minute shows. You can rattle through them, they're dead good. Whenever I've watched something dark and heavy or something that makes me feel a bit weirded out, I always throw a couple of those episodes on yeah. or some like friends and it always it sorts you out it makes you feel that the world's not as miserable as it seems this is a bit of a curveball because I didn't give you a heads up I was going to do this because I've only just thought about it as I do most of my script uh, <laughs> I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to give this show 8 out of 10 oh nice that's a good start isn't it it is a good okay. start a solid start so what's first on your list then pal I don't know whether I beat that really I'll try I've just watched it season 3 and it's called Ozark on oh. Netflix let me just preface this with the fact that I never watched the first series or in fact got into it when it first came out and I'll tell you what the reason that put me off and it was the name of the show I don't mind Jason Bateman I've seen him in mostly comedy films anyone familiar with Arrested Development oh I know Arrested. the one where he's the family yeah, the, the, bloom, the weird fa- family, bloom family yeah, yeah Arrested yeah. Development so I've known him from Arrested Development and then the easter eggs you get in the Marvel movies from the people who made Arrested Development and Community I was just expecting to be a comedy <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. were. How wrong was I? I got into it and I binged it, ready for season two that was starting. So I timed my viewing of it really well. Just to give a, a little bit of a summary, it's about financial advisor who drags his family to Chicago to the Ozarks, which is a place in Missouri. They loan the money for a drug boss. Would you say it's a binge-worthy one? Oh, definitely. I did exactly the same as you. Was a touch hesitant to start watching it because of the yeah. name. My missus watched it while I was at footy one day and she got into the first two episodes episodes and came back and said this is great you'll love it in fact i think she'd watched most of episode right. one before i'd started it naturally because i'm a far more hardcore binger than she is i just wrapped my way through season one and it was really yeah. really good season two was really really good season three is awesome season three compared to season one and two i thought this was the best one so far i couldn't stop watching well no i did exactly the same that you just want to go on to the next episode i mean i did that with house of cards before kevin spacey f- it got shit well, kevin spacey <laughs> fucked it all up didn't Thanks, Kevin. Fair play to Kevin. He's a good actor. Just a bad yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Allegedly. Yeah. I don't know whether anything's been proven, so let's yeah. just caveat that with an alleged. Yeah. He's a great actor, and he was good in House of Cards. The point I was making was, you always know a good show by the fact that you just go straight on to the next episode because you just want to see what happens, and then you run out of episodes. My missus binged it. She never binges anything. When we've normally watched maybe a couple of episodes or something in a night, she normally goes, oh, I've had enough can we put something else on or I'm ready to read a book or yeah. something whereas I'm normally like no let's do another one with this season of Ozark she was side by side I've never been prouder of her <laughs> let's watch another one let's watch another one let's watch another one it's like yes oh she was up for this one it was fantastic good shout my so friend so we're going to mark these I would also give this an 8 out of 10 I'd give it a 9 well you see i give it a 9 based on season okay, actually three. I would agree with that yeah 9 <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Where can people well, find that? Well, they can find it on Netflix. And if you've not seen this before, you're in for a good treat, really. Is it 10 episodes a season? There's not loads. No, so you've got 30 episodes. You could probably box them off a couple of them a day, so maybe a week's worth, depending on how you get through them. And spoiler alert, everyone dies. As always, as my friend here says, season three is by far the best. I'm not going to give anything else away. Just watch the show. It's on Netflix right now. Get it on your favourites. Get us on your favourites. And back over to you, sir. Right, well, my next one on the list, I'm going in hard with Better Call Saul. Oh, boom, nice choice. Now, I enjoyed Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's a good season. There was a couple of episodes in there where it, which became a bit slow and it blew a little bit hot and cold towards the end. When Better Call Saul came out, I watched it more out of loyalty to Breaking Bad than having a huge excitement for the spin-off series. Mm. Better Call Saul season one does take about four or five episodes to get a bit of a head of steam. If you're watching the first three or four episodes and you're really struggling and not sure whether you want to carry on, I genuinely insist you push through because I can't remember what episode it is in season one, but at some point it seems to find its groove. Yeah and it just kicks on and since it found that groove and has kicked on I personally think this is better than Breaking Bad I think it's brilliant it's better call Saul it's funny it's got the same nuances that come with Breaking Bad it's filmed in a very stylistic way it's very similar to, to Breaking yeah. Bad it's definitely got its own characteristics it's got its own characters there's a couple of people who drop into the show who you will recognise from Breaking yeah. Bad it's just an all round good series I would agree it's allowed itself to be its own thing at the same time paying homage to the existing fan base from Breaking Bad and even the El Camino movie. The, yeah, completely. The problem with doing things like this is time. I think you'll agree that the people you refer to that drop in, you can tell they've aged. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is supposed to be a prequel, yeah. which is a bit of an oxymoron because there's a few more wrinkles on a few people's faces. Yeah. And a little bit of weight gain. <laughs> Yeah, Mike doesn't look as spry as he did in Breaking Bad, and yet he's supposed to be younger. Yeah. What would you mark this? Ooh, I'm going to give this a solid eight. I think this is an eight. It could be a nine quite easily. I think what's frustrating me at the minute with Better Call Saul is Netflix, which is where you can find it, is bringing out... We're currently on season five, mm, yeah. aren't we? It's bringing out episodes on a weekly basis, which drive me insane <laughs> because it means you can't binge. You, you watch, and what I try and do is I go, no, 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 I won't watch it. I'll let the episode episodes dropping and after about two or three weeks I'm like no I can't stop anymore so I'll then binge on those two or three episodes and then hit the brick wall again it's a frustrating situation but it's mega it's well worth watching I think there's a benefit from binging because you don't lose the threads from the previous episode when you have it weekly I understand the benefits of having it weekly it just means that they can have a series on their platform for longer if, you, if you're binging it you get nuances of the story don't you if anyone says yeah but if it comes out weekly you get an opportunity to savour it they clearly don't know me as a human being <laughs> you don't do savouring well we don't do we we just want to get in there gorge on it feel fat and overly full and then gorge on something (laughs) else well let me ask you this if you got yourself a a box of cakes would you just eat one no (laughs) because they'd go off that's the rule I would go by as well (laughs) (laughs) which explains a lot which is why there's no cakes in my box (laughs) hey (laughs) what's your number two well this one is an interesting one this one called Hunters this is currently on Amazon Prime basically follows it's set in 1977 so sometime after World War 2 it's set around a group of diverse individuals who are looking to find Nazi war criminals now people who may be aware of the the Weisenthal project Simon Weisenthal will know that after the war through 
through Project Paperclip. The Americans, in fact, employed most of the Nazi war criminals to help them beat the Russians in the space race. Imagine, if you will, the Avengers, but in post-World War II. It's not a sci-fi, but there's just a group of people who are the protagonists of the story, and they are the heroes trying to find people who have avoided the Nuremberg trials and are trying to set up the Fourth Reich. One of the main co-stars is Al Pacino, no less. He is. And having just said that we binge a lot, this is another show. I binged and watched it in about two days, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's the Avengers with sideburns, yeah, isn't it? It's not, a, it's, <laughs> it's not any comic book at all. The way, the way they've filmed it is very cleverly done. It's a very tough topic for people who experienced what happened in World War Two. Don't need to go on about it. It's not an easy topic to discuss at the best of times. They've managed to do that, in my humble opinion, very well. It is what it is, and the styles, stylistic nature of it sort of gives it the scope to do what it does without giving anything away. It receives some criticism of having scenes in there of some of the horrific acts the Nazis did in the concentration camps, which weren't true, and the argument was that those experiences and the actions of the Nazis were so horrific, it doesn't really need you to over-dramatise it for the purposes of a TV show. I completely, as a non-Jewish person, it's not really for me to sit here and say whether that's right or whether that's wrong. I judge this based on a TV show, which is that it was very upfront that the Nazis did horrible, horrible things, that the Jewish recipients of those tortures, some of whom have understandably borne a grudge, found out that Nazis were welcomed into America to help with various things of a government nature, which, again, I won't go into because it might be a bit of a spoiler. And they want to go around and bring those Nazis to justice by their own hands, really, aren't they? Yeah. The way in which they do that is slightly a bit comic book. Yeah, it is. Watchmen style, yeah. isn't it? It's very Quentin Tarantino in, in its level of violence mm. and drama. It's very comic book-esque in the way that it kind of approaches the whole topic. So it curves that sharp edge that goes with this normal subject matter. Yeah, I, I think they've handled the topic very well. I think I'm I'm glad that they've got the content in of what happened during you know World War Two because you know societies forget what came before. We've got generations of kids now who aren't taught the history of World War Two because it's too depressing and it upsets them. The whole point of how societies are built and crumble is remembering the past so you don't repeat your mistakes for the future. Although it might not be nice to see, I do think it needs to be talked about. I do believe you need to be having it in the ether, not to glorify it, but just to be out there and go, this happened, guys. Let's not revisit it. It was a binge-worthy show, nicely cast. It does always say, doesn't it? inspired by actual events you're not watching a biography he doesn't do this in a heavy dramatic manner no. either I think it's important to say this isn't a Schindler's List type programme you're not going to come out of this feeling haunted no. and emotionally distraught this is quite a, a light going action type program that just happens to have this subject matter yeah. in it. I would say the one thing that did weird me out a little bit was Al Pacino's Jewish accent and he doesn't look particularly well in this role I don't know whether that's how fat he is or whether he was wearing a bodysuit or what but he was looking like he'd, he'd added a few pounds and he, he didn't look he didn't look particularly well. The most Italian Jewish person I've ever met. He's got a great ass! Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what would you give it out of 10 what, then? 9. I think it was you who said it was a good show I watched it and I think I boxed it off in a couple of days I'm going to give it a 9 based on the fact that it doesn't leave you scarred for life Al Pacino is a bit of an unknown quantity and so I wasn't expecting him to be doing television maybe times are tough (laughs) 
You see, years ago, right, this is an interesting fact. In the 70s, 80s, does in general would never touch commercials or TV. They hated TV and commercials. They would never do it. They, in fact, are the reason why 95% of their actors are out of work because they would only just do movies. Fast forward to now, they're on everything. All these struggling actors now can't get any work, even if it's commercial, because everyone's doing all of it now. It used to be seen as beneath them. To see Al Pacino on a TV show was quite interesting. And he's all right, as you say. He needs to, he needs to do his accent better. He's the equivalent of... Of Sir Patrick Stewart trying to do French. <laughs> I'll tell you what, seeing as though you've mentioned that, I'm going to use that as a cheeky little segue because my next one is going to be Star Trek Picard. Oh, now, okay. of course, you will all be perfectly educated on this show because you will have been listening to our sister show, Picard Talk, which is, of course, on all major podcast platforms, isn't it? Dude? It is, my mate, yeah. Star Trek Picard, after a 20 year gap, Patrick Stewart has donned his Star Trek dome to bring out a spin off from the Star Trek Next Generation series which focuses in on Captain Jean-Luc Picard which is Patrick Stewart's character 20 years after he left as captain of the Starship Enterprise. It's just had the last episode of season one has just come out. It finished last week so you can catch it on Amazon Prime. It's 10 episodes. They're all about 50 minutes long. It's not too long. There's a lot to enjoy. If you're a Star Trek fan you will enjoy this because it's a balance between between a trip down memory lane and new trek which always gets us nice and excited Absolutely. it's very good i don't want to say too much <laughs> because if you want to know my true in-depth thoughts then you'll have to catch our full season review show on picard talk that's definitely what i would suggest going to get the full view it's good and i actually think it's probably better being watched in binge format yeah. rather than the episodic way we've had to watch it because they were releasing episodes each week and because it's sort of a continuous storyline that runs all the way through it felt a little bit more disjointed whereas if you watch it, it feels like a 10 hour mega film rather than 10 episodes of a season people now probably will have the benefits of all the episodes at once I would say watch it I enjoyed that I'm not going to score that because if you want to know what the score is you will have to listen to our season 1 review <laughs> but definitely it's a recommendation you can get it on Amazon Prime definitely go check it out if you're a Trekkie you'll love it you might want to read The Last Best Hope which is a prequel book that gives a bit of useful information you don't have to read the book in order to understand or enjoy season one but it does actually give you a little bit of extra context you can get it in an audio form or you can read it as a proper book if you're not a trekkie you can still enjoy this show there are enough new characters and they explain enough for you to be able to enjoy it we had matt on one of our previous shows didn't we, we did. and he's going to be on our review show he's never watched a star trek before he had none of the background understanding of it he's enjoyed it it's clearly doable if you're that way inclined yeah, I would agree. So what's next on your list then, my okay, man? Okay, so the next one is a programme called The Outsider. Now, anyone who's a Stephen King fan will realise that he's having a bit of a renaissance at the moment. More so aptly right now, people are referencing his book, The Stand, to somehow explain the current situation we're in with COVID-19 malarkey. He's probably seeing a huge increase in sales. <laughs> the Outsider is a book he brought out, and instantly, Jason Bateman appears. Somebody else does as well don't they and sit not too far away from me aren't you in the outsider no, that's just a stranger oh, you'll have to cut okay. that off <laughs> yeah 
Ben Mandelson, who is known for Ready Player One, Star Wars, uh, Rogue One. He usually plays a villain, doesn't he, Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah, he was he a Skrull in Captain Marvel. But he plays the detective, Ralph Anderson, who everyone's familiar with the books. And he's investigating the death 11-year-old boy that's found in the Georgia Woods. And the series, it's only a few episodes, I think it's 10 episodes. The series revolves around him investigating this crime. And I won't give too much away because there's very little he can say without causing spoilers. Well worth watching. If anyone's a fan of Stephen King, as I say, he's got Mr. Mercedes is out at the moment. The film It, second part of that's come out. So if you want to continue watching that, I think you'll enjoy it. Probably give it a seven, this one. Yeah, it's weird. I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite engaging. As the story went on and some of the specifics started to come to the fore, I actually thought it became a little less good, but was still enjoyable to watch. I do think, sorry guys, and when I say spoiler alert, I mean spoiler insofar as I thought the ending was rubbish. (laughs) I thought that last episode really let me down. It felt a bit rushed after taking its time to get to where it was going. Uh, I don't think it finished particularly strongly, but I think all but the last episode are well worth watching. Agreed. If you're familiar with the book, they have rewritten some of the characters slightly different, and I think that's been done on purpose because it's been serialised. Obviously, this is just a single book. Like Mr. Mercedes was three series, which covered the three books that Stephen King wrote. Similarly with Castle Rock, which is an anthology of Stephen King's characters. This one takes stuff from the book, but I think they've written in characters simply to allow the story to follow its natural curve. I totally agree with what you're saying with the ending. Having invested the time, it's a criticism we have a regularly short series, nice slow build-up, nice act two, and then act three seems to be rushed. It's like they've got one of those memory cards, and it's only for the like the tenth episode they realise they've got 20 minutes left on the memory card before it gets filled. They go, shit, yeah. we best quickly wrap this up, and that's how it feels. And that's why I've given it a seven. Some of the episodes are really good, and then you'd have a couple of episodes that you're like, mm, okay, I don't really feel like a move forward and then the last one the payoff was predictable well, I, I thought the penultimate episode was really yes, tense it was. the way it leaves it at the end you're like whoa yeah. what's going to happen here they, they set it up brilliantly yeah. they just didn't quite maintain that Absolutely. standard it's on Sky or Now, now TV. TV yeah and if you're a fan of Stephen King you'll probably enjoy it so what's yours what's next on my list I'm going a little bit curveball-y again because mm. this wasn't on my list originally I had The Stranger on but that's because I got The Outsider and The Stranger mixed up. You were in The Stranger, weren't you? Yes, episode one, episode two. I've been told, because obviously self-praise is no praise, I don't watch anything that I've done. I haven't seen this because I've done it. It's not going to be one of me five. I mistook The Outsider for being The Stranger. I got them two mixed up. It's actually worth watching as The Stranger. It's okay. It's not too bad at all. Yeah, what would you give it as a flash rating? Probably a seven. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. I quickly replaced it off the hoof. Now, this isn't a new series as such, but I'm going to throw it in there called Glow, which is, what is it? Glorious Ladies Girls of... in like her of Wrestling. Gl- yeah, Glorious, Glorious Ladies, ladies of, wrestling. of Wrestling. Flip a neck. <laughs> This is also on Netflix. I think we're on season three or season four now. This is really good. If anyone's ever seen Orange is the New Black, it's got a very similar vibe to that where it's got some really funny, light-hearted bits and it actually pitches itself more in that ballpark. Touches on some quite serious and sometimes heavy topics and there is sort of an emotional weight to it and the way that it does it so that it doesn't make light of these things. It does touch on these things quite well, but it maintains that strong 
encore of being quite a light-hearted show again it's a really easy to watch one i always think it makes me feel happier having watched it and it's well worth checking it out they're on season three at the moment and there's only 10 episodes in a season so it's quite a short one it's based on the true story isn't it yeah yeah i'm gonna give that a solid seven okay. could have even been an 80 if i'd have watched it more recently and particularly felt a real strong affinity for having just finished the season but it's definitely a seven cool. and any fans of alison Bray who will know what was in community she plays a, a decent role doesn't she yeah she's great i think all of the actresses yeah. in there are strong yeah well worth checking it out guys what's next on your list i'm gonna leave the fiction and slowly wander into the realms of fact inverted commas how slowly that might meander it's on netflix it's called tiger king murder mayhem and madness it starts off as most of these netflix documentaries do with an introduction into the big cat breeding and the bizarre underworld of people who own these endangered tigers and lions and then as it does like a roller coaster it just pulls you 100 degrees left and up and down next minute you're like what where what what where am i now <laughs> Very good. Most definitely, I'm aware there's going to be a spin-off documentary that was announced because I don't believe for a minute this story has ended. I think we've just scratched the surface of this. But Netflix, I must say, fair play, they do documentaries very well. I mean, first and foremost, I would say, America, what are you doing, people? <laughs> the stats that there are more captive tigers 10, in America than there yeah. are wild ones across the world. It's like, what the fuck I know. are you, you guys doing? You literally read my mind because there's 4,000 in the wild and there's 10,000 in captivity. It's like, what? It's mental. Yeah. It's mental how is that on Earth. No. That threw me for a curveball to start with. What Netflix do really, really well is they make you build a rapport and an affinity and in some cases a sympathy for a character only to then lob in like a grenade <laughs> a load of facts <laughs> and story developments that show that you are an utter ass for feeling that way only to then build an affinity with somebody else only for them to then then take a second grenade and lob that in and then you realise you shouldn't really be pitching for them either and so throughout the course of this entire season you basically spend the whole time feeling like a dickhead because you've been (laughs) showing support for people who actually turn out to be absolutely despicable morons or idiots or whatever it might be and in some cases murderers the main guy in all of this you you end up well you feel sorry for him in a way yeah you do and then go oh hang on a minute he's done this and next minute you're off on one and as you say at the end of it you i don't even know who to support at the end of this he's mental he's old joe joe, joe exotic yeah joe exotic. he's just crazy they're obviously interviewing these people independently they edit it in such a way in the episodes that it doesn't deliver the crunch until the last episode in which case they've obviously edited those interviews to do that on purpose could have told you that in episode one when they've interviewed the people but they purposely leave that out and you go whoa whoa what happened there for that reason i'm gonna give this an eight yeah i'd join you in that one i think that's a good shout if you want to watch a spin-off of that actually many many moons ago and you can get this on bbc iplayer louis through did a big cat documentary as one of his seasons of interviews uh, he actually does one where he spends a lot of time with joe exotic right. and i have to say it must have been the time before the drugs <laughs> and the complete sheer nutsville as louis talking to him he seems i, I won't go so far as say rational to marginally rational because <laughs> anyone who keeps big cats and what's around with a muller yeah. isn't necessarily a sane human being. He seems a bit less nuts than he sort of develops on this show. He didn't get a phone call telling him the 80s won his hair back to the... <laughs> 
I think he left it in that interview. Yeah. I think I think that show got so many ratings. He decided to keep the hairstyle forever. Yeah, I mean, mullets were never a good idea. Now. It's still not a good idea. You'll agree then that was a good choice for people to tune into? It was. My final pick from my five is going to be Westworld. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. Okay, I should caveat with the fact that season three is just out at the minute. And again, they're bringing out the episodes week by week. It's on Sky and now TV. I haven't started season three because I've decided I want to binge watch season three. The reason being that Westworld's based around a futuristic world. There is a fake artificial world which is popular by robot animatronic beings who are the props aren't they really for the storylines that people get to go so you, instead of going on holiday to I don't know India for the summer people are now booking to go to the West Worlds, which is a Western American type park which is one of the, the worlds that exists where you can act fantasies out as a, a cowboy or anyone from that sort of era and these robots are the characters within the storylines that you can ultimately explore interact with and so the storyline follows it from two points it largely follows it from the robots aspect because humans as you can imagine are all dickheads so they naturally err towards just being vile towards these robots you know you're talking assault murder rape it's horrible people who might have a lust for killing people but obviously don't do it in the real world will walk up with a gun and blow a robot's head off just because Mm -hmm. and in the background obviously people who are running this park have to then take the robots out fix them wipe the memories and then put them back in the problem is the robots are starting to remember or there's a a bit of a revolt starting and season one is very much about the build-up and the snowballing of that kind of effect season one's brilliant i absolutely love season one i would give season one 10 out of 10 i thought it whatever it was it just hit every note for me it was really good it was really interesting it was dramatic it was enthralling I, i really wanted to see the next episode as soon as the last one finished season two falls a bit off the precipice falls into matrix territory where it ends up tying itself in knots by being too complex with its storylines and though i would say do watch season two because it's okay it's quite good you do need an encyclopedia to try and keep up with everything and i think it loses some of the goodwill that it earns in season one and because season one is so good there's just enough to carry you through season two by all accounts season three is really good they've zoned in on storylines it's a lot simpler it's gone much more back to the roots of season one in terms of of its quality and where its focus is going to be and it's moved on to different worlds again so it's not retreading over the same ground that season one covered and season two wore out a little bit i'm really looking forward to watching season three because i've heard really good things and it's well worth watching now for those who are fanboys they'll know that's a michael Crichton book isn't it the west world the guy who wrote the Andromeda Strain Jurassic Park and is based on the Yul Brenner film 1973 Westworld which had a spin-off called Future World and then beyond Future World was a television series in the 80s that didn't really go anywhere this is a reboot of that show where there's actually a homage to Yul Brenner I think in season one I'm only up to season two I purposely waited because I knew there was going to be a two-year gap what did you think of season one and season two well I'm only into season two I was season one I thought it was a really good improvement on the film the technology and the the CGI is far superior now I always like to go back to films from the 80s and the 70s because they were doing stuff with practical effects
effects, whereas we now tend to be using CGI. The Uncanny Valley thing kicks in and you kind of go, don't quite believe it's real. Look at the 70s and the 80s, pretty impressive stuff. I enjoyed season one and I take on board your point about this uh, ultraviolet human approach where essentially paying half a million pound to go to Alton Towers, rape a wench who then gets, as you say, wiped. They're suffering PTSD, aren't they? Like, obviously not happy. I don't equal pays like. It's a millionaire's playground, isn't it? It's people who have got so much money, they don't know what to spend it with. So they go to these huge amusement parks. They've got Medieval World and they've got Japanese one with the samurais, haven't they? I only know this because that's what was in the film. But the first season I thought was pretty good. I liked the way it was done. Season two took me a while to get into it. There was a year's gap between season one and season two. Then I stopped because I knew season three was going to be on the horizon, but was a couple of years away. I've done that so I don't lose the threads. You'll lose it anyway okay. watching season two. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it and, you know, it's got a really good cast of people. St. Anthony Hopkins being one of them in season one. I think he's the only one who doesn't get naked in season one. I'm happy one. with that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it replaced Game of Thrones. I think it came out around the time where it was on to sort of season seven Game of Thrones and capitalised HBO make it. Yeah. So as soon as you see HP porn, you just know that there's, there's going to be, yeah. there's just going to be There's lots of fanny. full nudity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It becomes a bit gratuitous at times. Yeah. And sometimes it was a bit, even though it's not unpleasant to see, you do start to think, mm, this doesn't need to be here no. like this. You're just doing this in the hope of, keeping my attention you've got it but actually I've already got it because of the show not because yeah. people are walking around absolutely stark it's probably the reason why you've lost all the threads of what's gone on well that's it they put all the clothes on season 2 I just got bored yeah. and switched like, oh what's going on here <laughs> the script writers have gone right HBO are paying for this we'll just have a scene and all of a sudden clothes fall off got nothing to do with the story she's going down the road she's going to buy a pizza oh clothes are off it's like script writers and they're going Fandy Newton you're happy with nudity yeah all the time Sign the contract, mate. She must have got pneumonia or something in bloody season one because I don't think she had her clothes on for more than five minutes. Sandy pneumonia. <laughs> I'm going to give season one a ten. Give season two, give it a lucky seven because it's a six slash seven, okay. but we don't do half. So I'll pitch it at seven because it's worth watching. And if I say six, people might not watch it. And then I'm looking forward to season three as well. Okay. What's next for you then, So mate? this one is a little bit of a cheeky one. I didn't know about this and it's on season two and it just came out of left field. I quite like conspiracy theories and things like that. It's a show called Project Blue Book, currently on History Channel on Sky. It's in its second season, just finished. First episode aired beginning of January last year. They're only short seasons. I think there's 10 episodes in a season. Project Blue Book, for those who are interested in UFOs and lights in the sky, was the studies that were done in the 60s to look out for unidentified flying objects. Having just made a comment referencing Game of Thrones, Littlefinger, a Aidan Quinn plays the main character with a better accent than he had in Game of Thrones I might add I didn't particularly think he was great in, in Game of Thrones people who like Fringe I thought you were going to say Stark there Stark a Stark oh, nice effort. Stark effort yeah he's also naked oh hang on no it's not HBO <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the memo on that he's walking around and he's like mate no it's not Game of Thrones you don't own a brothel anymore God damn yeah. it. oh no people who like Fringe or Steven Spielberg's The Taken that was an anthology series probably about 10 years ago or in fact The X-Files they will like it it's only a short series 10 episodes 2 series in total each episode although has a, a flow throughout the whole season they're little stories based on actual things that took place or did they well that's the thing isn't it it's open to interpretation I'm 
suspecting due to the declassification of documents since the Cold War, the book that was written by Dr. Alan Hynek, which is what Aidan Quinn's character is, it's based on his book of actual incidents that took place. I suspect, as I've mentioned before, it may well have been dramatised for television. Good little series for those who quite like a little bit of sci-fi. Oh, cool. Give that an eight. Oh, good. Very good. We've rattled off ten shows there, which you can go and check out on whichever channel it was that we said. What I also wanted to do, because when I was sort of trying to prepare for this in the five minutes before uh, <laughs> Matt managed to join me, <laughs> it's amazing how many shows suddenly start popping into your yeah. head. And what, what I did was I started coming across a load of shows that aren't new out, but are well worth visiting. I mean, we mentioned Breaking yeah. Bad. It's a great one. I thought Game of Thrones, you've mentioned yep. that's the all seven series are on. Is it seven or eight? Eight. I can never I remember. Eight, no. eight series. Well, depends who you ask. Some people denied the eight. <laughs> <laughs> the eight series are out on Sky and Now TV at the minute, so you can do a full binge. I think they've stuck them on because everyone's locked in the house. <laughs> so that's probably a short window of opportunity yeah. to, to check it out. There's loads of stuff. thought we could rattle off three shows each dead quickly yeah. of ones that have been out for a while that we might be able to just recommend. I don't know if you want to go alternate again like Absolutely. we were doing before. Do that, yeah. Okay, do you want to go first? Okay, I've just got back into Blue Bloods. I've never watched well, that. you know what? You'll be aware that... I mention it a lot I don't particularly follow wokeism and I find it offensive well not offensive that's too strong a word you find it woke yeah I find, I'm, I'm just indifferent to it really I don't particularly like it when I find wokeism is created in a show that I would like to watch for escapism from society I think it has its place I don't think you need to be telling stories about the plight of equal pay while you're watching an episode of Dark Matter or for example Westworld I don't expect somebody who's transgender popping up telling me all about that I think think they have a, a place i think there are other shows that are ideally suited for that type of story and narrative i found that blue bloods is on its first look is a highly improbable dynamic of a family it's not a spoiler but let me just explain blue bloods tom Selleck, classic actor amazing really really good very american does he still have he the does tash? indeed it's got bigger oh yeah. tom <laughs> he's the police commissioner of the nypd his father was the outbound police commissioner his elder the son is a second tier detective. His daughter is an ADA, assistant district attorney. His other son is in the police, just joined as a, a kind of a new recruit. He hadn't heard of sexual protection, has no. he? Well, also, he's not heard of conflict of interest either. And then there's another story, which is another son, which kicks off the series into series one. Now, at the moment, they're on season 10, clearly a good show because each season gets 22 episodes. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You don't see that much these days, do you? Don't. You don't. You see it on every single procedural drama NCIS CSI before it got jibbed off Y50 has just been cancelled so you don't see it on that anymore The Good Wife that was always a good one you got like 20 plus episodes per season that was amazing stick that on your list and New Amsterdam that's on Amazon put that on your list because they're easy sells and the reason why they're easy sells and this is why I think they are fundamentally best positioned for any gripe you have with society Blue Bloods always manages to take an issue handle it very well you feel at the end of the show a war fuzzy feeling if that makes sense oh that's good it's just a show that you can watch you don't feel like you're being preached to you can feel the plight of whatever the topic is more females in the workplace and you go oh yeah yeah I agree with that yeah I see that and at the end of it they sit round the table for the family to discuss what's going on highly improbable that that would happen in real life but you just come away going do you know what that's really good and you come away with a bit more wisdom you just feel like something's been addressed that people can take away from and you don't feel it's forced whether I explain that very well no no it's it's good I've never watched Blue Bloods it's been mentioned quite a lot and when 
I eventually catch up with all the other bits and occasionally I do run a bit dry for something to watch that's decent I might have a stab at doing that I am going to have Making a Murderer I'm going for another Netflix documentary if you have not seen this documentary people then you are missing out on probably the eighth wonder of the world it is uber good Mm. to say it is engrossing television is an understatement this follows the true story of a guy and his nephew who are arrested for murder this follows on the back of the the uncle having been wrongly sent to prison for rape and then released and it's all a question of did he really do it do the police have a bugbear with him because of the uh, failed rape conviction have they planted evidence has he really done it is the nephew involved did the police badger the nephew into saying it is the nephew even capable of admitting to murder I mean it is an incredible real life story and they use real life footage and they go to the scene I mean it's, it feels like you are investigating yeah. it part and parcel of the thing season one ends on a cliffhanger this story is still an ongoing story so they they recently last year I think it was released season two which I would probably say isn't quite as compelling as season one because there isn't as much to cover it it's a bit more of a focused storyline in season two but it's still really really good yeah. I mean the way they start to unpick things and go back over things is really interesting there is going to be a season three because this story still hasn't come to an yeah. end so if you're going to sit down and watch a show this one has to be it. I, this is a 10 out of 10 show all day long yeah I would agree I mean season one is just a WTF isn't it Netflix do documentaries very well the architecture of the way they've edited that in you just going this can't go any worse this poor guy and then it does <laughs> it just gets worse yeah. and worse <laughs> and worse I watched this on the back of another Netflix documentary The Staircase having just watched The Staircase thinking oh this poor guy I thought a little bit of light viewing <laughs> making a murderer Jesus here's another guy it can't get worse for this guy he's like flipping heck yes it is and it will and it can and this is the judicial system I'm going to say any Americans listening to the show I apologise but that show shows your judicial system in an exceedingly bad light yeah. to the point where it questions whether you'd ever want to go on holiday to America for fear of winding up in prison for having tried to kill the president or something and getting arrested for it it's just it's frightening how everything unrolls yeah. never hire a car in America Oh my god, I just, yeah, no, it, it, frightening, but yeah, give it a watch. What's your other quick snap? Is a little bit of a classic. I stumbled across this. Um, Day of the Triffids, based on the post apocalyptic novel by John Wyndham, double part on BBC. Jolie Richardson, and she was playing the reporter. Eddie Izzard is in it. If you're familiar with the classic 1950s version of Day of the Triffids, it's basically a large man eating plant. Nice, updated retelling of the story. As always, humans are dickheads and fuck the world up again um, as a result of saving the world through fucking it up in the first place. Is that that technical term? Yeah. The world's doomed through global warming and they save the planet through, they won't tell you because of spoilers, then they fuck it up again because of greed, it just descends into a whole shit show. (laughs) <laughs> I give it a seven. Not going to blow your mind away. I just thought when you go on Amazon and Netflix and the the featured or the trending shows are quarantine or rabid romp zombies or I've got a cough and I'm going to die. All these shows are kind of trending at the moment, aren't they? I don't want to watch. No, exactly. That. There's nothing worse than being indoors and going. Mm, what shall I watch? I know. I think I'll watch a program about the flu. Yeah, I'll, let's watch you about the shit that's killing everyone outside of my front door. Yeah, it's called. Where's the toilet rolls? I'm 
hand wash. <laughs> hey, that's your Saturday night. Anyway, so, yes. moving yes, on. What, what yours? Uh, my next one, I'm going for Dexter. Nice. Dexter, he's a blood splatter expert. He's based in Miami. And so a blood splatter expert is the person who turns up at some grim scenes and tries to assess through how the blood is thrown all over the various floors and walls. Sounds like a glorious job. <laughs> Works out how people have been killed. The, the slight nuance to this is that Dexter is actually a serial killer himself. He's a good serial killer, as in he is a psychopath, but has been taught by his stepdad early on to hone his psychopathic skills into only killing people who deserve to be killed, which is an interesting defence. I'm not sure I've ever seen it run, and I'm not sure it would work, but there we go. And so that's essentially the storyline. It's it follows Dexter doing his job building relationships having to try to pretend or not to be a normal person even though his brain doesn't work like normal <laughs> people for want of a better phrase and whilst all the while killing bad people and then trying not to get caught by the very people he works with it goes on for seven series seasons one two four Four, probably when I think it's uh, John Lithgow I think's the baddie in yes. there up to the end of season four it's brilliant like really really brilliant television season five six seven it gets a little bit flabby but there's enough there to keep you still invested where you would still enjoy it and you'd still watch it so highly recommend Dexter I think it's probably still on Netflix it was the last time and if it's not check out Amazon Prime because it's probably on there okay. instead what would you give it I'd give it a nine I enjoyed Dexter I thought like most series that start off with an original premise I thought a blood spatter specialist who was a killer of serial killers was a really good idea like Prison Break was a good idea but sometimes season one well (laughs) I was just going to say it does jump the shark somewhat when you're still trying to break out of a prison every single season like mate come on it was a novel idea that sometimes you just need to go you know what I think we've run its course on it but for people who haven't seen it a very good choice my last one is Strike Back was a show that that tapped into an action series but then it got cancelled but then it got brought back And he got brought back with a new actor, I think a Scouse actor who had done Luther, and so he brought it back with him, and then they decided more recently to bring it back with a female team. It, currently, it's on season eight, and I think ITV, just a nice action show, really, a bit cerebral, you don't need to be intellectually sound to watch it. If anything, you probably lose a couple of chromosomes. <laughs> So what would you give out? Well, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, you just turn it on, watch it and go, yeah, more people got killed, more baddies got assassinated. There's nothing really more to it than that. If you like explosions, there's a little bit of nudity. If you like <laughs> if you like tits, guns and flange. In case Westworld and Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. hasn't quite ticked your box. Yeah, I mean, if you're a bit limp... <laughs> <laughs> if you're mid-wank <laughs> yeah if you, if you can't get a wank out in episode one of Westworld and you've got a bit of spare time just flip over to <laughs> Strike, Strike Back, back. <laughs> oh very good so, yeah. moving slightly yeah. swiftly yeah, yeah. on you see I'm torn because I've only got one shout yeah. left I'm going to outrageously just throw in a couple of extra dead quickly uh, Orange is the New Black that should have been on my list but it wasn't Stranger Things should have been on my list uh-huh. Luther you mentioned Luther yeah. the devil one yeah Luther's the police one but it got me thinking about Lucifer which is a dead easy to watch one yeah. but I wanted to go a bit more true to my own trope with the final one which was the Umbrella Academy yes. which is a lesser known show again 
it's a cross between Watchmen and X-Men with the way that it does. It's a, it's about a school of superhuman kids who all have strengths, but it's a really, it's a very funny, tongue-in-cheek show, but it's got a real dark edge to it. There's no messing around. All these kids are well and truly fucked up, <laughs> for want of a better phrase, by pressures yeah. and the attentions that they've had growing up with these skill sets, and I don't think any of their lives have particularly taken a turn, because I think this show joins them when they're in their young adulthood lives, yeah. sort of the early 20s, and I don't think it finds any of them in a particularly good place. So one of them's a drug addict, and the other one's got no mates, and it goes on very much like that, and I thought this was a really good show. It was quite novel, uh, it was, again, an easy-to-watch, easy-to-binge series. Season two, now I'm looking forward to that. And you can get that on Netflix. What would you score that? i give that an eight. Okay, okay. What about you? Have you seen it? I started, it? I'm thinking midway on season one, and again, I think it was a bit novel. The English guy from Merlin is in it. What I do enjoy is when you watch these shows and the main cast are English, I just think that's a good testimony to the, the talent that the UK has. I think we've thrown out enough there to keep people busy, haven't we? I mean, we said we were only going to do five each, but we've probably lobbed in an yeah. extra ten each yeah. <laughs> just as a buy. So there's loads out there to watch. Absolutely. That should keep you more busy. What we might try and do is get another episode out in the not-too-distant future of some films that you can catch on normal telly, whether it be on one of the streaming platforms. I mean, there's loads we haven't even touched on, the Disney Plus and the Apple. I haven't got any of those channels at the minute, and to be honest, given the current climate and the fact that we're both self-employed, <laughs> spending an extra, what is it, another 20, 20 quid yeah. a month on another two channels that I'm barely going to have time to watch in addition to the copious amounts of telly I've already got. It's a bit tough to justify right at this exact second, but it's probably something I'm going to get. So I wanted to try and stick to shows that I've seen and, and know most people have. A lot of people have Netflix and Amazon now as a standard, don't they? Well, that's or what I thought. Sky yeah. or Now TV. Brilliant. Well, if you want to check us out, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's at a film policy. If you want to send us an email with some of the shows that you think are brilliant and, and you missed us out, you can drop us a comment on our social media channel. You can drop us an email. It's a film policy at the podstation.co.uk. We should also mention the fact that the podstation are looking for new shows. We want people to podcast, do we not? We do indeed, yeah. Whatever you fancy. What me or well, not you. anyone. <laughs> not, now we're all in isolation, you know, now is the time to do one on cooking. Why not do a cooking show? You know, come up with some yeah, or children's education Absolutely. One. Or a book club. Why not utilise that and do an actual podcast on top ten favourite books from an author? There's so much at the moment. Oh, there's yeah. loads, sports, news, politics, yeah. science, music, gaming, technology. Well, That's just to name a few topics. If you've got an idea, I mean it doesn't even now require you to physically have a studio. The fact that we're doing it remotely because we're both locked in our respective homes is proof of the pudding that you can podcast wherever you are from the comfort of your own home. And if you have people who are like Mark and I share similar interests, then you can do a show with those people. You've got yourself a couple of hosts straight away to do the show. There is a load of packages on the podstation.co.uk. If you go to forward slash station packages, you'll find a load of the podcast packages that we offer so that we can take all the infrastructural problems out of it. You don't have to spend copious amounts of money setting up websites and the like. You don't have to spend copious amounts of time trying to figure out how to set up accounts and how to link things and post things and publish things because we take all that pain out of the process. Give us a check out on that. We, we, we should mention Patreon as well whilst, <laughs> while we're Poor. absolutely outrageous. Yeah, whilst we're outrageously plugging ourselves. We're at patreon.com forward slash the pod station. If you'd like to throw in a couple of pennies, we can offer a whole host 
host of benefits that go with that it helps us cover the cost of the show we don't get paid for doing this we do it out of the passion of doing it so it helps if we can cover some of the costs it makes it more realistic for us to be able to keep doing even more of them Absolutely. in a perfect world we'd just do this as a full-time job i mean i know you're all sitting there thinking christ Not more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's your full-time job i don't think how bad you are at your existing one <laughs> <laughs> but there you go we, we can aspire can't we yeah, can. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed that guys make sure you stay safe and we'll catch you very soon watch out for toilet rolls <laughs> check out all our shows exclusively on the podstation.co.uk